Hello and welcome. My name is Richard and my co-host here is Theo. Hello. On this podcast, we will be exploring various interests and issues ranging from political and social observations to art through entertainment such as games, movies, music, and more. Our goal is to discover the right way to diagnose certain issues and to find the questions that should be asked about certain concepts, questions that may have escaped normal conversation. We don't claim to be experts on these things, but our hope is to learn how to think rightly and clearly. If you have criticism or ideas, shoot us an email. Welcome to The Escape Project. Today we'll be talking about Playdead's indie game hit, Inside. Uh, Theo here will give you guys a brief summary of the game and some background information. Then we're going to talk about what makes it such a good story, and then we'll go into our uh, theories about the game and what happens. So Inside is a game uh, that was released in 2016 and it heavily focuses on ideas and themes of control, fear, as well as some survival, a little bit of stealth, actually a lot of stealth, as well as uh, focusing heavily on puzzle concepts like simple you gotta move a box to climb a ledge type puzzles. And all of this comes together into a beautiful uh, symphony of creative ideas as well as a lot of almost borderline uncomfortable situations. Just to warn our listeners, there will be lots of spoilers ahead on what happens in the game, so we advise that you go play through the game, watch a playthrough, uh, but if you have no interest in playing, you can still listen, uh, and you'll probably want to play it by the end of this. Yeah, and we would actually seriously recommend you to go into this game as blind as possible, even if you're not a gamer. Uh, like me. Even if you hate games, even if you're uh, one of our moms listening to this who uh, have some juvenile tendencies, um, we would seriously uh, recommend that you go and play this. And with that, let's talk about what happens in the game. So you start out as this little boy wearing a red shirt, gray pants, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, running through this forest, and it seems that you're running away from something. And within a few seconds, you realize that you are. Because um, you're being chased by these uh, men dressed in black, uh, who, if they catch you, actually shoot you or with a like a trank dart. Yeah, they also send dogs after you. There are plenty of other things uh, later on in the game that try and kill you or hunt you. Maybe not intentionally kill you. Who knows? Um, including some weird mermaid-type creatures, and the climax of the game ends. The the game ends with you breaking into a science facility, uh, and coming across this creature that appears to be a blob or a huddle, an amalgamation of several different human bodies all mashed into one giant creature. It's pretty weird looking. Yeah. The game delves deeply into concepts such as mind control and people who are being mind controlled controlling other people with their minds, as well as uh, imagery of uh, the working class being controlled um, it seems almost like an analyzation of um, society. I, I think what makes this game so unique and stand out from like all other apocalyptic or um, post-apocalyptic uh, dystopian universes that have been Which created, is what the setting of the game feels like. Yeah, it's very dystopian. It feels like a lot of people are dead or just missing or gone. Cars are buried underground. Telephone poles are buried up to the top with sand and dirt and... There's floods everywhere. 
Which we have explanations for. But yeah. we'll get to that when we talk about yeah. our theories. Um, this game was created with the intention to spark the imagination and leave a lot up to interpretation far more than uh, giving you a straightforward answer. So by doing this, uh, and because this was the full intention of the developers to spark your imagination this way, it allows you to create a bazillion different possibilities of what the story could be and allowing you to... Um, allowing your imagination to flow and run free for far longer than just a concise story would allow. So yeah, even if you're not a gamer, but you love good storytelling, uh, this would probably be the game for you. And uh, mind you, this, this game tells its entire story without uttering a single line of dialogue. No text, or at least no text that's in English. There's a few numbers and stuff scattered around the place on like background objects. But aside from that, it all tells its story through an environment, and it all tells a story as if you're an outside observer looking into, um, looking into this world through, uh, through a window that's your screen. As you play the game or watch somebody, pay attention to what's going on in the background. You'll see weird things like people being put into a bus, these weird pod things that we think maybe uh, drones or zombie people are grown from. I feel like it's I'm, very unnerving, honestly, I feel watching like, the background. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it, especially near the beginning, has heavy themes of stuff that's reminiscent of almost the Holocaust in a way. At least the there there seems to be. Treating people like merchandise. Exactly, like like people are are here for others' use, and that and that there are people that exist that have no value, which feels very wrong. I also another thing that adds on to this game brilliantly is the audio design. The um, audio design and the soundtrack is all very subdued. It's very um, reminiscent of electronic organs. Um, but none of it is in your face. There's no blaring horns or uh, triumphant uh, musical scores. It's all just very subdued and almost sounds like a part of the environment. Uh, it almost sounds machine-like. And all of this, plus the great audio design of uh, your feet crunching on gravel or you plunging into water and everything being a bit more muted, just draws you into this world even more. And even though you're in part of this world for like three to four hours at the longest you're gonna feel like you're there for all of it i think that's one of the things that makes it such a good story uh and very different from any other game that i've ever played is that the subtleties in the game such as the music uh and what goes on until the end that is uh, give you time to think uh about what's happening in the story so it's like as you're going about you can you have time to just stop and just ask what just happened why did that happen? How does it fit into what I've seen so far? It allows you to inquire about the world, and yet at the end you get no definitive answers. It's very open-ended. It allows people like Theodore and I to come together and talk about it and, and think, like, well, what does this actually mean? And uh, I think that's one aspect that makes it such a good story. I also feel like um, the more concise a story is told, the more refined and uh interesting of a story you can get like a lot of people nowadays when they go out and buy a game expect uh, a 60 hour story experience or a lot of people red dead redemption <laughs> red dead redemption i have a lot of gripes with and if we ever get around to talking to that we'll we'll talk about that um but with or even with netflix tv shows they go on for s far too long and they just end up spinning in circles never getting anywhere and with a concise story like this even though you're paying like sometimes like five bucks sometimes 15 depending on how much 
the sales are on or what platform you're buying it on, you're getting a lot more and a lot more bang for your buck just because here we are three years later still thinking about it just because it affected us so deeply. In addition to that, the game also, um, because it's so concise, you're not so heavily involved with it. It takes you four hours to play instead of, say, 60, and you you just stop the game, uh, and you're not, like, addicted to it. Like, there's so many games and things that you get so involved in that world that you become over-obsessed with it. Yeah. So, like, for this game, we don't talk about it all the time. We just find it interesting enough that we wanted to base our first episode on this game. Yeah. Uh, one, to help you give you an idea of what kind of questions and things we look into on, on the topics we'll discuss, but also because we value stories. Uh, and because of how concise it is, it allows us to engage in the story, but we don't become over-obsessed with it. Yeah. I mean... Even though we didn't become over-obsessed with it, we're, we're not obsessive over this game. We still, for a good week after our first time playing it, uh, still got the chills that a good story gives you when thinking about it, and it still kept our mind on it for a while, which is what a good story should do. It should give you a lot more value, af or just as much value after seeing it as the value that you got while seeing it. Yeah, and another thing that makes a good story is that it doesn't tell you what to think about the story. In a way, it kind of forces you to think about the story. But it still guides your brain in the right direction. It's it's not like... Um, it's not overly pretentious in its art direction. It's not overly pretentious in its story. There's still... Uh, the, the logic still applies to the world, and you can't just say some out-of-the-world type it was all a dream or because it's weird looking type thing that some um that some uh up to interpretation stories and movies fall victim to yeah it's a it's a puzzle uh and there's a reason that everything is in its place or so it seems uh because it's like a family portrait with two people missing but those two people could be almost anybody and depending on who those people are it changes your perspective on the family entirely yeah, and they intentionally leave those, say, two family members out to engage people in it just because they want people to... I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's not overly obsessive in directing you into what to think, but it's also uh, restrained enough to tell you directly if you're wrong about something. There's uh, a few points in which you think, hey is this boy say is this boy being controlled or not that's a pretty clear answer he's being controlled because because of the alternate ending you crawl through this tunnel and um after unplugging a bunch of orbs around the world which look like uh little transmitter things uh you can go into this vault underneath a farm uh in the game and in that vault there's a a bunch of monitors against a wall uh, along with the mind control helmet, as well as an outlet uh, that has an electrical cable plugged into. You can unplug that electrical cable. All the monitors and mind control helmet will power off, as well as the boy that you play as crouching down as if he was one of the mindless uh, drones. Yeah, and that's another part that makes it such a good story, is that you don't know which ending is the real ending, or if you win when you, uh, depending on which one you choose, or if you lose by choosing another. Um, so to kind of summarize why it's such a good game is that it's concise, subtle, it's pretty. The artwork is very, uh, 
aesthetically pleasing for the type of game that it is. It's not too distracting, but it's just enough to draw you in. A lot of people are overly obsessed with like how graphics look or how uh, how good a movie looks. If something uses a lot of CGI, it doesn't have to be photorealistic for it to be gorgeous. Say like th this looks almost like a painting in some ways, and because of that appearance, um, it sets the tone and the mood of the game far better than if it was strictly photorealistic. The, the entire game is presented in a near complete black and white aesthetic, other than a bit of red for the color of the boy's shirt a bit of blood if it needs to tell us uh, if it needs to tell you if something's blood and maybe a little bit of uh, tans and grays but all of it uh, looks like it's thrown into a black and white filter for the most part yeah so in its simplicity it reveals a world much bigger than what you see on the screen and leaves you hanging uh, but engaged enough to continue thinking about that so with that, let's talk about what we think some of the things in the game mean uh, and our theories about the alternate endings uh, and what we actually thought about the game. And uh, we also want to encourage you to take everything we say for granted because the whole point of this game is to allow your imagination to create part of the story for you. And you'll have a lot more fun if you break outside of the bonds of what we say or what people theorize to be the truth about this world and said, believe what you come up with. Unless you think we're right, because we're not wrong. Yeah, we're right. Always. Always and forever. So, one idea I jumped on board with uh, that I watched in a video about the game was that there is a way to win, and that is by playing the alternate ending, where after you unplug all of the orbs th hidden throughout the game, and you go into the secret room underneath the cornfield in the farm, uh, and you unplug the final one, the boy crouches down... Uh, like the drones do when you're done using the mind control, as if he had been shut off. So by pulling the plug, he essentially shut himself off and he wasn't being controlled anymore. And so if that ending wasn't there uh, and the boy was being mind controlled, then the only choice you have is to play through the game to get to the end. So the only way to win the game essentially is to not play the game, and that's by pulling the plug. Uh, so the alternate ending, in my opinion, is the real ending. Yeah, and I and I kind of agree with that. Uh, and by the real ending, you mean where the boy disconnects himself. Yeah, like that's how you win the game. I feel like because of the bleakness of this world and how horrible everything has become because of some unknown event. Um, and the cruelty of humankind. Yeah. Um, or perhaps it's not just the cruelty, but the survival instinct of humankind. Uh, but I feel like this is a world in which everyone has already lost. There's no winning. There's just more or less pain. I don't think everybody's lost, because one of my other ideas is that in the alternate ending room, you see pictures of other huddles and blobs. Could have been um, the same one. Could have been the same one, but it's clear that this has been going on for a while. And I think that the war-torn setting in some of the parts, where there's like a flood, buildings are, are in ruins, I think that there's a group outside of this facility that is like the rebels, they're trying to put a stop to all of it. They're trying to put a stop. Because at the end, you kill uh, the CEO head scientist guy, right? Yeah. It almost seems like the Blob's main intention after it escapes is to kill that guy, and then it just relaxes in the sunlight. So there's a sense that there has been a huge injustice called, uh, caused, not called, injustice caused on the huddle itself, but also on the world and other people. 
And so I think that there's a rebellion or a group outside of the facility that exists. And that's why the alternate ending also exists. I feel like this boy, even though it is pretty clear from the alternate ending that he's being controlled, is unique and different because he shows signs of emotion. He shows fear. He isn't slouched over from the waist up. He's aware and he's consciously existent in the world that he's in. I just had an idea. So let's say, so we know that when you start in the forest, hold on, hold on. This is, by the way, this is why I love this, because every, like, other second that you think about this game, you'll have a new idea, and it'll blow your mind all over again. So we know that the forest that he begins, you're you're right, Uh, but the forest he begins in, we are assuming is part of the facility, because he drops down over this, like, wall-looking thing, and there's walls and layers to the facility. So you go through, like, a forest, the city, facility, uh, inside greenhouse that resembles the forest in the beginning, flooded area... Um, so if the forest you begin in is part of the facility, what if he was dropped down into the facility from the outside by the rebel group to take over the blob? So he was kind of like a sack, like a martyr, kind of like allowing himself to be controlled so that he could take down the blob and then take down the head scientist that was causing this injustice or this thing that seems wrong. Perhaps the reason why he like... And that's why he knows... Perhaps the reason why he's so afraid at the beginning and less and less afraid as he gets further in is he's more and more succumbing to the control of the blob. Exactly. So yeah, what if he's part of the rebellion? So unplugging it then wouldn't necessarily be the winning though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I just realized you guys couldn't hear me nod, so... Yeah, but then the the real ending would be him winning, but he would be losing his humanity by joining the blob. I feel like most of Earth has lost its humanity, considering how everything's going on this way. Yeah, I agree with that, even in real life. Or perhaps this is just the progression of humankind to survive and not... It seems like a very Darwinist uh, projection. Yeah. It's very, uh, you know, once you get to the point of survival of the fittest, it becomes whoever's the smartest, most intelligent, can fix everything... But then again, the problem is we're dealing with people, and people can be selfish, and people can uh, intentionally harm and do evil to others. Well, people don't want to be logical. People want to be selfish. I mean, that goes along the lines that, like, there's an argument, are people primarily emotional beings? Are we intellectual beings? I think it's both, and sometimes you give in to one over the other, and if you do that, I think if you're it missing, causes harm to if yourself you, Yeah, and if other you're people. missing either half, you become a monster, and sometimes it's... An overly controlling due to emotion monster and overly controlling due to wanting control monster yeah so what were what were your theories or ideas i think that they were i think that most of the world is dead and they're they had in order to rebuild the higher up beings this this feels like a almost a metaphor on class the uh those who work for the government or the government uh took control of the population to become a workforce but are now trying to grow their own workforce through cloning or something of the sort what killed the people i don't know possibly aliens possibly just a virus outbreak possibly they just all went missing who knows um but i feel like this is them trying to reprogress society in a completely new way and you see a lot of imagery of people taking their children to work to grow new people or to um control people as if this is just the new way of living like they're showing their kids this they have they're holding babies this is the new way that everything is and the new way that everything has to be yeah interesting it feels very much like 
the inevitable end of some like enlightenment Rousseauian ideas. Yeah. Like I... society is what causes harm or is what makes people evil. If we can fix society, because we're the smartest and the fittest, uh, we can then survive and make good people. Yeah. But society was originally made by people, and if it makes people bad, just, well, we're the ones that made society. Yeah. Just another comment on the art direction of this game and the story that it's trying to tell. I feel like every time a story is told about something that is completely bizarre and disgusting being treated as normal, that makes it endlessly more disturbing because it can be symbolic of what our world is heading to. Say that again? If something is disgusting and disturbing, mm -hmm. but it's being treated as normal within the confines of this world, that can make it even more upsetting because it can draw back, uh, it can draw back reflections to what humanity has been like or what humanity can become. Interesting. Say, I, I kind of agree with that. Say, say like uh, slavery being treated as normal or day to day life, but looking back now, it's disgusting and disturbing. But seeing it treated as normal and how things were supposed to be makes it endlessly worse because humanity didn't recognize how much of a vile creature they had become. Or at least they did know, but to, chose to ignore that sense of injustice. Yeah. I just feel like that not learning from history can create even worse outcomes than we might end up in a world just like the one portrayed in, in, inside. I'm really glad you say that. I totally agree with that. I don't think you can abandon history in any setting, in any, any story, uh, but especially in real life. You should not abandon history regardless of how painful it might be. I don't think that we'll end up in a sci-fi world. Because sci-fi worlds can have happy endings. I think we'll have a happy ending. Yeah. I'm just saying a lot of worse things will happen if it's not a story. And that's Inside. A game that shows that a story doesn't have to be complex and distracting to be well, I think distracting to be beautiful. Yeah. I think it is complex, but it, it's also very simple in the way that it tells a complex story. Um, our next episode will be on how society is affected the music industry and how music has affected society uh what makes art what makes someone an artist uh so look out for a second episode and do you have any final thoughts um and we will see y'all later <laughs>